How are you all doing? So welcome back to another episode of the LMC podcast, a place where we interview wise and wonderful people from around the world. Today we have a very special guest on and a very close friend of mine, somebody I work with on a weekly basis and somebody who is making massive impact in the fitness industry right now. Without further introduction, I will introduce you to Ryan Atkin. How are you doing, buddy? Hi, Lewis. Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. How's the most flexible man in Glasgow doing? (laughs) Oh, he's doing well, man. He's doing well, keeping bendy as per usual. So, buddy, it's, uh, it's excellent to have you on today. I feel this podcast and getting you on, it's going to allow you a chance to really go in and talk about a few things around your business and about your kind of upbringing into the fitness industry and how you've got to where you're at today. So I just want to open up today and I want you to share with the viewers about your background in the fitness industry, how you went from working as a, essentially, I want to say a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> now moving into the fitness industry so if you want to touch on that and tell the listeners what they kind of can get from you in your past okay so yeah I've I'll I'll go even further than that before I actually started um, working um, after university so in school let's go back to school I was always like interested in PE I was always good at PE Um, a lot of people were at school and I was actually really good at science and Back then, I thought it'd be a good idea to challenge myself and go to uni to do a science-related degree. Um, I was pretty good at biology, pretty good at chemistry, and good at PE. That was about it in school. I was okay at everything else. Um, And then, yeah, I applied to different universities. I got a couple of rejections, but I got into University in Nottingham and um, studied pharmacology there. So that was the study of drugs and medicine and how they work within the brain and the body essentially so um a lot of physiology came into that and a lot of like biology and chemistry that i used at school Mm -hmm. and the logical route really for someone in that industry or doing that degree should i say is to go into like lab work and become like a lab scientist or go on to do a phd um to be honest with you i i enjoyed like the challenge of it and it was hard my first year was just one big piss up to be honest it was fresh as year and it was just staying in holes and it was like one big holiday for a year yeah, so yeah. that was just you get your pass and then you go into year two and then from there i was like right i need to knuckle down now i want to get i always want to do the best that i can so i was like i'm gonna get a first i'm gonna try and get a first class honors degree and i probably i'm not clever enough to do that naturally but I have to work hard at it do you know what I mean I read a lot and I, I study yeah. and I, I was one of those people that I'd be up all night and I would read a lot and I put the effort in um but I didn't actually want to go into lab work at the end of that so speaking to like lecturers and tutors and stuff they were saying why don't you do a PhD you've got your first class degree I managed to get I think it was 70 one percent or something which was one percent above first class which I was buzzing about um and I just didn't want to go into labs. It was boring and like, I just didn't enjoy that side. And that was meant to be the fun side. Yeah. Going back to my first year at university, I was coming home a lot of the time and um, saying to Louise, we were long distance as well. Uh, and my mom and that like, mom, I think I'm going to drop out of university. I want to go and do personal training. You know how much I love fitness. And I was obsessed with my own fitness in my first yeah. year at uni. Probably too obsessed. 
you know, the whole chicken and rice diet, training twice a day, sprinting, fasted cardio in the morning, looked incredible. But I, I had no life. Yeah, I think you have to be slightly obsessed with fitness at some stage of your life to allow you to kind of progress, make that natural progression to taking it a bit more seriously, taking that next step and maybe pursuing yeah. it as a career. So that's amazing you've had that background before. It wasn't just something you just decided to do off a limb, you know? It was just like, I'm going for it. But yeah. nah, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. So where, you, where you're going with that, you said you were building up you wanted to drop out you wanted to become a pt what was the the natural step after that how did your family and your your surroundings view that to be honest with you um my mum said to me no you need to stick at your degree get it done which was the right decision and i'm so glad i did because i learned so much and um when i finished uni i went into clinical research my first job and um, I was visiting different hospitals, speaking with nurses, doctors. And looking back at that time, like I learned a lot. It put me in stressful situations where you, consultants aren't always the nicest. And some like people in, in general aren't always the nicest too. You know what I mean? When, especially when you're a new person going into a new job. And do you know what? You have to, you have to learn and be put in these pressurable situations to grow, don't you? Yeah, but it got to a point where I just said, look, I'm earning... I was earning what uh, between fifteen hundred and just over two grand a month in that job, and that was great at the time. But I just didn't enjoy it. I was sat at my desk going, "I hate this," and like it's causing so much stress for something I don't enjoy. And I kept probing the question to Louise and my mom and everyone else. I'd already, I'd moved up to Glasgow at that point, and um, they were just like, "Are you sure you want to do it? Are you sure? Are you sure?" And I knew inside I was like. I said this four years ago in my first year that I wanted to drop out. So I've got to do it or so I'm never going to do it. Uh-huh. And then that was it. I just took the decision. I thought, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And it kind of went from there, really. So um, it was the best decision I've ever made, leaving an unhappy job, unfulfilling, and just really hated it, to be honest. I even pulled a sickie in my last like month there just so I could get out on the streets of Paisley flyering with my, no. with my name when I got my business set up so that was like something that like was all part of the the growth of my business like I didn't want to go to work but I wanted to set up my personal training business and grow this brand and I wasn't even in a gym then I was like I'm just gonna get out there and just start flyering and see if I get any response got nothing hardly from it um but the fact, even that, I was in a different place. I'd only moved up here, well, moved to Paisley, actually. Um, I was staying in Linwood for a long time before that. Moved to Paisley for a few months, moved in this house, and then flying it just, yeah, it put me outside my box type of thing. No, definitely. I think the fact that you've done that, that progression from, you know, even just pulling a sickie and putting yourself in that position to go out in the streets, hand out the flyers, that's showing you you believed in yourself enough to take that step forward and put yourself in a position to be vulnerable. You know, you, you went from a job that a lot of people would consider a steady wage, a comfortable wage, something you could live a good life on and a job that you probably had, you know, you could work at for the next 35, 40 years and progress on pretty well. But a lot of people will be happy and will stick to something like that. But when you do have what you have, you have passion and you have something you want to kind of develop and go into that you have had that kind of fire burning for a while and taking that step, even if it isn't a, a massive step, just, just leaving that job, which is, as I said, well, as a massive step, but leaving that job and putting yourself in a position to be in the streets, handing out flyers and stuff, that is the kind of, that's the kind of hustle and the kind of graph mentality that you have to have when you're going out on your own. Because from my personal, exp- uh, personal experience with training, it was the exact same, handing out flyers. It's not enjoyable. 
but yeah. but doing that 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 kind of t- it takes you out your comfort zone just as you said and it's amazing you touched on that because it shows it's amazing looking at you now to hear that you a couple of years ago were handing out flyers in a town that you weren't even familiar in to now a town that probably everyone knows your name in if not even further around so it's amazing mate it's amazing to see that in the progression of your brand to where it's at now it's it's mental yeah exactly like the fact that i moved up here six years ago stayed with uh, girlfriend louisa's parents um and we'd literally moved into this house in paisley um probably like a month or two and it was the biggest risk ever do you know what i mean everyone was doubting me their her family my family her and i was like i need to do it i'm I'm 24, 25 I was at the time. I was like, I need to do it or else I'm never going to do it. So, yeah, I started applying to different gyms. I actually got rejected by a few. And then I got in a local studio just down the road, which was like paying per head, per client that comes in the door. So I started off actually training um, someone for free. Just nice. started videoing, videoing and videoing, videoing constantly, posting daily on my Instagram and um, just took it from there really. And one person led to another and then it kept growing from there. That's amazing. That's amazing. And how fast was the progress from, let's say, handing out those flyers at those first initial couple of weeks or months of being so new to a place, being new to the, the fitness industry to then developing into maybe a client list or, a book of clients that you work with on a daily basis or a weekly basis that you can now get income from and start building a lifestyle around what you want and where your passion lies. Like how fast was that growth? Um, very fast, really fast. The fact, to be honest with you, I would say a, f- a few months it took me, I had one or two clients for a few months, just videoing them, working on my coaching. And do you know what? Like you're never going to get better experience than being on the gym floor, working with these clients, going in deep with them. And from there, it kind of progressed in the new year. I got my promotions out there. I actually went flying again um, and just started really going in on social media. I knew how, what it took and I was willing to put the work in um, daily. It needs to be a daily thing. It's not like it's, it's not, it's part of my routine to be just consistently putting out content to help others and um, help my business grow. Do you know what I mean? The more I'm helping others, the more the word, positive word spreads, the more my mm-hmm. business grows. Well, you touched on that, like the consistency, like that shows, like for any, any listeners out there that, that don't follow Ryan or don't follow Ryan yet, when I met Ryan, which was only, let's say four or five months ago, he, he only had, I think, 4,000 followers on Instagram and yeah. 3,000 or something. Now he is, I think he's got 16K, 15, 16K. And for a lot of people, me being in the fitness industry as well, like, to have growth like that in an Instagram account, something that is so beneficial for your business is, is gold dust. It's amazing to have, have that growth. And you've not, it's not just happened for no reason. It's you've put the work in and it's evident to see you can go on your page and you have probably posted every day since you started this gig. And to any of our younger PTs starting out, what would you tell them to do? What could, what, what would you say to them right now? if they could do one thing with their social media to, to help their audience and, and build more rapport? Just keep going, honestly, keep going, keep posting. I, I've always been under the mindset of if you're helping one person, that's more than enough. And to be honest with you, I was plugging out content and helpful info for a long time before my likes started going up and things like that and my engagement started going up. As you touched on there, Lewis, 
one of my clients um, came to me, I think it was November, just just there. I had yeah. 3.7 thousand followers. I'm now at 15.6. So what's that six months? Where are we now? May. So yeah, yeah, yeah about six, six months-ish, I've grown 12,000 followers. So that's just to show you if you put the graft in. And before that, though, I was working for, I've been in the game just under two years now. So just think I was around 2,000 up to 3.7. That took me ages just to get to 3.7. So mm-hmm. it's been rapid since I hit 3.7. It's just grown and grown and grown. And it's down to consistency. Someone out there is listening to you. Don't forget that. Um, they are listening. Maybe it's not as many people as you want just yet, but there is people who are valuing your content. So please keep putting it out there. No, I, th- I think that's a massive one. Like People get so obsessed with likes, views, shares, whatever. But see, I remember there was a point where when I was posting, you'll probably relate to this, it was, you'd maybe get 12 likes on a post, but the people who liked that were probably folk you were training already, people that were maybe friends of a friend that you were training, and they're going to engage with you, they're going to comment, and they're probably going to learn so much from that. It doesn't matter if it's over a couple thousand likes, like big influencers get, but if you're impacting even just that small amount of people, that one person, and making their life better, then you've done your job, mate. And You've been doing extremely well with that. You've, from what I've seen, been impacting more than just one or two people recently. And it's down to it's down to that consistency, but you've done it in such a way that you've used something that we're going to go into, which is your niche, to really, to really expand on your business and go in on it. And again, for any listeners out there that don't know Ryan, he is the glute guy of Glasgow. I don't care what anyone says, like give it, give it a year, give it five years, this guy will probably be the biggest name in glute training in Britain uh, that's a big statement but I feel like he's probably he's got that enthusiasm that consistency and the work ethic to probably put himself in that position and it's not going to be it's not going to be easy for him but it'll work so if you can you can touch on it and, and tell the listeners a wee bit about how you decided to make glute training your niche training female specific and and building such a healthy strong yeah. brand around that yeah, so it was a bold move to be honest. So obviously, I started training one client for free initially when I first started training personal training, and that was a female, and it grew from there. And I just said to myself, like I have trained a couple of guys before as well, but I just put it out there. I'm just going to train females, see how this goes. I effectively cut off half the market there, but I thought, you know what? If I specifically go in on this niche as a female specialist, yeah, you can have the qualifications, whatever. I've done the female fat loss qualifications and everything else. There's nothing better than actual experience in there with them. Can you listen to them? Are you a good listener? Do you know what I mean? That is one of the most important things. The amount of times clients have come to me with all the worries, the stresses, and just vented everything. And um, you've got to be a good listener. But in terms of my niche going into glutes, so over time, obviously, it's just been building, 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 more clients and more clients. And um, I've just took a really big interest in it, a big read into it. I set up my glutes classes and me... David, they all went over to, as you'll know, MTN went over to um, America. We visited Brett Contreras' Glute Lab. And I don't know, something just switched in my head when we went there. And I thought, this is, this is it. This is, this is what I want. This is what I see myself in five, ten years having. Like, I want like a, a squad like he is where everyone's promoting the glute guy of the UK or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and grow this. I've got the work ethic. I'm going to put the effort in. Um, the client base is there. I just need to keep going exactly how I started to grow clients. I just need to keep doing it. My thing at the minute is I want more glute transformations. 
and that they're going to come this year. I know that, so I've no doubt that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, from the from saying you want more glute transformations again to the listeners, if you follow Ryan, you might have seen recently due to lockdown COVID, he's had to probably act quite fast to what he can do with his business to again make sure he's making enough income to survive and to also impact as many people and if not more than he was doing before. So Ryan has been very successful so far since lockdown has happened and he's built himself a, a live glutes class. I think it runs three times a week, am I right in saying? Yeah, it's a private glutes group on Instagram um, where I put daily content on there and three live sessions a week, yeah. So three live sessions a week and he, I saw again at the start, he had about 20, 30 members in the first week, but now it's over, is it two, over 200 220 members, yeah. So it's grown absolutely rapidly, mate, yeah. So that is just that is just from one class, niching out, talking about glutes. You offer a lot more than just a workout. You're probably going into the Q&A side of things, offering workouts behind it, the nutrition that's going to allow them to make the, the achievable transformation yeah. that they want. And you're over-delivering with the value every time of your classes because I see it all over social media. The amount of likes, shares, people talking about how much you're impacting their life, making them not only just their physical health, but their mental health improve during that period, this period of time. And yeah, having yeah. it and having that kind of go-getting mentality to not be like, right, COVID's happening, business is down the pot, you've you've acted fast, you've built something around something you love, uh, your niche, and now you're impacting uh, probably, as I said, more people than you probably were doing before. And that, is, and that is something that is absolutely huge. So what was the kind of idea behind going into this glute class? Yeah, so I ran a glute class in the gym on a Saturday, which had which was sold out, uh, 24 members. And literally, the amount of inquiries I was getting for that was insane. And it's 7am on a Saturday morning. Not a lot of people are willing to get up at that time on a Saturday morning, but they always show up. And credit to all them girls, because they absolutely smash it every single week. I wanted to continue that. And I was like, right, how do I take this online? So I, I thought, right, I'm going to set up a private glutes group. And no way did I expect 200 plus members. Um, but I knew inside what I was going to deliver. So, um, and it's just grown from there. Like the three live sessions are Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. I'm delivering pretty much daily content and the stories. I'm doing Q&As where they get to ask me anything in a bit more detail. And it's just grown the feedback, honestly, Lewis, has been like insane. Like some of the, I got a message yesterday and it just like touched me. Do you know what I mean? I was like, wow, I've had, I've had that impact through this group. Like I've, I've stopped someone going into a pretty bad place from what they're telling me. And just to have that impact is amazing. I'm going to be carrying on these classes and there's going to be a few changes actually after lockdown. So it's actually been a blessing in disguise for me. Um, I'm going to be taking a look at my one-to-one -one hours and I'm going to be continuing the fact that I've got these online glutes classes now. So these aren't going to stop. And I've a lot of the members in the group have said, are you going to continue these, which I am, because it's giving me motivation, it's giving everyone else motivation. I can fulfill my goals, which is to have a bigger impact on more people's lives. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think what you're doing is a, a very good testament to all PTs and coaches out there right now to, to not let this time, of, uh, this time of crisis affect business to the point that it maybe, you know, stops their business growing or stops them actually making income. And there, there are some, some PTs out there, their business might be closed now. They might not even be offering anything to their clients because they're just sitting 
on their hands and they're stressing out about everything, but you've just acted straight off the bat. You've used something which is so powerful, your niche, which every coach and trainer should have established at some stage. And you've done it from so early on, the, the impact that you're now you know, providing across so many people, 200 plus people in a private blitz class, like that's what people need to realize you can do. If yeah. you do, you do act fast, you strike when the iron's hot and you put the work in behind the scenes. So when something like this happens, it's like, right, no, business isn't over. Business is just starting different, uh, different angle. How can I attack this? And it's amazing to see because you've not only motivated myself, but there's so many people out there that I know are talking about you. They might not say to your face or they might not message you, other coaches, PTs, other guys and that. But you, you are, you are one, one person in the industry right now, in Glasgow especially, that is leveling up the standards of PTs across the board. And it's amazing to see, man. So from, from your private glute class, um, touching on that and moving on to what other services are you providing out with or what have you done in the past to maybe build more of a connection with clients? If you can't take one-to-one -one clients on, how are you, again, moving the needle along for them, allowing them to still make progress in some way, shape or form using something you've made? What have you done in the past? Okay, brilliant. So I've got numerous... Um, streams actually so obviously my one-to-one -one diary is fully booked my inquiry list Lewis I'm not gonna lie to you like waiting list is huge I'm talking I probably get five to ten inquiries a day so you can imagine one-to-one -one is very limited and it's whether my current clients give up the space essentially for the next person so there's only a certain amount you can impact one-to-one -one, and this is where it's a new people PTs, I'd say, don't just rely on that one stream of income. So obviously, you know, I joined, um, well, myself, David and Dale started online and then um, MTN formed um, through David. So that was brilliant. And it allows us to impact more people through online coaching. Absolutely brilliant. And I absolutely love that um, side of things. And I've also set up um, Fatless eBooks, which sold over 300 copies. Um, which was amazing that was another way to reach more people and I'm currently well I've just finalized it actually as we speak um, a glutes ebook as well so that's going to be another way to continue on for those who maybe don't want to stay in my glute group when the gyms reopen and they can take on board my ebook and for anyone else really who's looking to um, develop the glutes and incorporate more glute training into their routine so there's more than one income stream there and glutes classes on a Saturday. So to this is to PTs out there that are maybe new. Don't just rely on one-to-one -one, um, coaching. Think about other ways you can impact more people because at the end of the day, my goal, I know, and yours is as well, Lewis, is to reach as many people as you can and help and inspire as many people as you can. And that's what it should be about. So, yeah, have, have different setups in place. No, definitely. I think the different services and different streams of income is so, so needed because I've heard so many PTs that I just go by the name as, as PT that, oh, you'll never make a good living off personal training. That's why I'm just doing it as a side bit. Like, I remember I even thought this at one stage in my career. It's like, how can you make a good living PT? But yeah, PT is only one corner of it. That's like PT is just like one wee hub. It's like you do that for me 20, 30 hours a week. What's, yeah. the other, what's the other time doing? Are you writing? Are you creating other services? Oh. Are you making ebooks that you can upsell? If you've got somebody in a waiting list, boom, ebook for you. Hold on to that until I've got space for you. Then we'll train. Oh, you can't make that session. We've got Glutes Group on, what was it, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. 
So you've you've put yourself in a position where it's like you've got drop down systems. PT one to one we use probably the peak. That's yeah. the highest. You've got online coaching, and then the other ones below that, the ebooks, the glute classes, all of that. So a bit more of less personal, but you're still impacting people exactly. on that massive scale. And and that's that's something a lot of PTs need to to dive in on. It's like they can't, yeah. don't just have one thing. Don't just have that one thing. Hundred percent. Even going back to when I was in my previous job, and I was thinking, no way, like income wise, am I going to be doing so well? Do you know what I mean? And like looking at things now, like things have progressed massively, and I've never looked back. Like I'm so glad I jumped ship from a job that I hated. Do you know what I mean? And you just said they're having these numerous income streams. It's 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 a it's a full time job, and it's more than that. I when I'm one to one training, I'm up at six. And I don't come off my phone till nine at night. And people think, oh, you're just on social media. I'm not. It's business media. I don't call it social media. It's yeah. business media. Um, so it's not a, it's not an easy job. It's a very fulfilling job and it's very rewarding in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it has its tiring side mm-hmm. as well. Do you know what I mean? I definitely think so. With somebody, somebody like yourself being so active on social media and with a lot of hysteria and about like, oh, too much social media is bad for your mental health, this, that, and the other. Have you ever had or found yourself have any doubts or any anxieties with social media and how you approach it or, or anything like that? Yeah, so only follow those that motivate or inspire. That's all I can say. I genuinely, this is genuinely, obviously I'll follow clients and online clients and stuff like that. Um, or if I've been in contact with someone, I'll follow them. But in terms of coaches and other PTs in the industry, I think I only follow a certain amount who I'm around and who I actually know. Um, because those are the ones who are influencing me. Maybe we're bringing each other up. Do you know what I mean? All the MTN coaches. I don't think you should be comparing to other people and be on people's pages because it's just going to cause you to have serious doubt. Do you know what I mean? So that's one thing I'm good at. And when we went to America, one of the speakers said to us, you all need to be learning your how to not give a fuck muscle. Like you need to be training it. That's one muscle you need to train. And I think since that and before that, I've always just been like, I don't really give a fuck what other people think. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, I don't want people to think bad of me. No one wants that. But like, I'm just doing me. I'm staying in my lane. I'll never compare to someone else. If someone else were to compare to me, that's their problem. It's not my problem. So I'm just doing me, mate. Honestly, I'll just keep doing me. That's sick. I think it's like a lot of people get stressed out. Like they don't realize if a hundred people are singing their praises, and then one we, one we arsehole calls you out and and tries to have a dig at you. Yeah. Don't let let that guy ruin your day, or don't let that girl ruin your day. Exactly. You've got a hundred other people literally shouting from the rooftops about how good you are, and then but so many people will let that one person bug them in the end of them, and they're like, oh, I can't post about that anymore because he'll pop up again. Or yeah. And like they get. They, they get crippled by fear and also what you, you touched on earlier on with not following other trainers or coaches like I've noticed it in the past when I was very early years of personal training that you can cripple yourself by comparison about how well other people are doing and the fact that you don't do that the fact that you've not even found yourself falling into that category once just because you don't look at other PTs you're just focused on you yeah. And that is a huge one. And I've, I've took least out of your book from that and I've, I've applied that to my own business and what a difference it's made just with the way I think about social media because I look at your page and it's definitely something that you can, you're like, you post so much different content about roughly the same thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
all the nutrition, the mindset, the glutes, the transformations, all of that is so relevant to what your market is. And because you're so focused on that and not focused on what other people are doing, that's why you've made that big boom. You've made that impact. You've not stressed out and you've just kept following your heart, mate. And it's amazing to see you've, you've put yourself first and that's paid off big time. It's amazing. Yeah. So from there, like, see when you initially found your niche about glutes, I know you touched on and said that you want to be more female specific, but why, why glutes? What, what was, what was, I know, I know guys, we all like a nice ass, but what was the main inspiration behind that? The amount of people that was coming to me in general and saying, I want a better bum and abs. And I was like, well, abs, go and sort your diet out. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's fine, whatever. Um, there was just a market there and I started training myself, um, a lot of glute training and I just enjoyed it. And I, from what I've learned, I've just transferred that over into clients and what I've been reading, studying. I'm constantly, every day I'm reading something related to glutes, whether it's a study, um, a book or one of Brett Contreras' books or whatever. Um, I'm always learning and I just enjoy it. And the benefits to glute training are absolutely huge. It's the biggest muscle group in your body and it's so transferable to other uh, parts of your body in training. If you're training hip thrusts, squats, whatever, it's just so transferable to your other lifts as well. So don't neglect them. And I think it's maybe a place in the past that people have probably neglected and um, not made a massive focus on. But who doesn't want a better bum? Even guys do. Come on. I know. And there's um, if you you one bit of advice for guys out there that do not train their glutes, what would it? Why would you? tell them to start training glutes if they're like why would i want to get my bum stronger what what would getting their bum stronger allow them to be better at everything in everyday life like ask ask your girlfriend if they want you to have a better bum they'll probably say yeah i very much doubt they want you to have a flat arse do you know what i mean so yeah <laughs> go, and ask, go and ask the same person that in the room with you would you prefer me with a better bum I guarantee you they'll say yeah. Nine out of ten times it's going to be yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent, like 100%, not just girls that need. Do you know what I mean? It's guys oh. as well, and it is transferable, mate. As I've said, it's it's such an important part of the body. So yeah, yeah. it can have have very big impact with other compound lifts, can't it? Like your deadlifts, deadlifts. things like that. Squats, just, deadlifts. So if you're yeah, hip thrusts are so transferable to mm. uh, deadlifts and squats, and actually, um, yeah, hundred percent. Squats are. Well, they're stretching the glutes essentially, hip thrust, yeah, contracting the glutes. And mm. I just get a much better feeling when I'm hip thrusting and a better glute pump and everything. I just get much better engagement. I've always been pretty um, bad at squats, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just trying to get people to not look at my quads and look at my ass instead. <laughs> that's true, that's true, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. You've kind of flipped things in his head and, and used just like, glutes as a as a niche to build such an awesome business and for for the life that you live now like imagine see if i asked you five years ago is this like what you picture your life to be like i bet you would have answered a very a very different a very different way yeah um, well go on sorry mate yeah no, no i was kind of going to just say like if you want to go into that but I think you're already fired up and ready for it anyway. <laughs> I'm ready, mate. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back actually. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have imagined this. And I've I've got to say a thank you to my mate David. Um when I was in my previous job. Um, as I said, I was actually sat in the toilet and I was I emailed him. Um, Louise knew who he was and she said, just message him. 
I was going to do it years before that, but you know, when you're young, you've got an ego, aren't you, and stuff. So I, I obviously I've dropped that now. And I messaged him and I just said, look, what's your advice on this? I'm looking to do it. I'm currently working at the minute, blah, blah, blah. This is my degree. He sent me this massive email back and it weren't even the content in it. It was just the length of it. And I thought, this guy, like, like, how sound is that just to send that much information? He's never even met me. And then I just had to read into it and then took everything on board, took a qualification and went from there. And as I've said, it's just grown, but no way would I have imagined where I'm at now impacting nearly 16,000 people on Instagram. Um, my full, be fully booked one-to-one, online, maxed out, have a high-selling ebook, have another ebook coming soon, which has got really high interest in. And um, yeah, the scope is just massive and don't let anyone get in your way. That's all I'd say to like new PTs as well. Don't let anyone stop you like who's doubting you're doing a certain thing. Maybe you're going to specialize on technique or something and that's going to be your specialty. Don't let anyone tell you that's a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Just dive in on it and go all in and don't listen to what anyone else has to say negatively. Ah, such, uh, such strong, positive words to leave with people there. Um, a lot of a lot of coaches will struggle to find their niche essentially at the start of their journey. But where it really comes down to is kind of what you've said. It's like if somebody, if your client base, if you're starting off and you're getting this question a lot, like how can I develop this? How can I develop? And it seems like it's on like a hamster wheel, the same questions all the time. And if it's something you're amazing at answering and something you are fixing for people, then that is where you dive in at. And that's, you dive in at the deep end and you go, you tell everyone I'm here and I'm supplying this information to change your glutes and your physique on that behalf. So it's amazing, mate. I've I've had a lot of uh, a lot of really positive positive messages coming in. Even when I just started putting up that we're going to get on a podcast with you, like so many people are excited to hear from you and hear about what your journey's been so far. And that kind of leads me to my next question here. And we've talked about a wee bit about your past. Now we're going to talk about your future, Ryan and. If I were to ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? And this is obviously, this is a big question because the first time I was asked this, I kind of left me stumbled for a wee bit. But if you could give the listeners just a wee, a wee insight about where Ryan's progressive mindset is going and where he finds, where, where he thinks he can take himself to maybe inspire a few other people out there. What do you think you'll, you'll get up to over the next five years? Yeah, um, I'll give you an answer that, people be like oh that's boring but I just take every day as it comes honestly like as long as I'm working 110% every single day I'm putting everything everything in do you know what I mean I am happy with that where do I see myself in five years I, I genuinely don't know I've got plans in place my ebooks I've got subscription services being planned and just overall making a bigger impact growing my social media following maybe being the UK's glue guy like but you know what? If I don't put the work in today, it's not going to happen tomorrow. So I don't, I get asked that question a lot and I don't look further than today. So um, I know in my head plans, but nah. Mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're hundred percent right. Some people stress about where they're going to be rather than just dealing with the task at hand. Enjoy the journey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like enjoy waking up every day and having your coffee in the morning and then being like, right, today's plans. I've got them. I'm going to tick them off. How can I, uh, how can I help more people today? Can I add more value to this person's life? Can I help this person not um, fall into a bit of depression again and pull them out the sand and push them that bit further? And what and what you do, that's amazing that you just you don't focus too much on the future. You're just dealing with uh, what you can and when you can, and it's shown it's paying off because if 
if you do cripple yourself by focusing too much on where you want to be, you'll not make any moves forward. And it's evident to see that you just live day by day, enjoy yourself all on Instagram. You've all got always got a smile, and you're always, uh, even if you have a down day, you're always putting out the positive, the positive yeah. things. And I saw you post the other day. It was like, it's not what was it it was you were saying something like it's not about the bad days you have or something it was just about how how well you can progress on the bad days it was something to do i forget yeah it's what you do consistently that counts like the, the good yeah, yeah. days add up over the bad days i think that was a voice note maybe i sent to one of my clients yeah i think that's what it was that was amazing that was really yeah. really good yeah 100 percent. i just think that i think you need to focus on you're always going to have bad days. I'm quite, I'd say quite lucky, I don't know if that's the right word, that I don't really suffer from that that much. A few weeks ago, I didn't feel great, like I had a bit of a bug and that really impacted me because probably because I was stressed that I couldn't get my work done because I felt so ill. Um, but other than that, generally I'm really positive, but I know it's normal to have off days but don't let them off days accumulate. How do you bounce back the next day? If you've absolutely fucked your diet one day, does that mean you have to do it again the next day? No, it's a new day the next day. So focus on the good days, let them accumulate. And it's what you do consistently that counts so mm. not occasionally. So pat, pat your back for the little wins as well. Definitely. Yeah. I think um, a massive, a massive one coming from you is you're, your ability to just get up and get on with it. So what what drives Ryan Atkin? What what gets you out of bed so early every day? What get what what's the reason? What's your why, man? I know it's a big question, but there's something obviously behind all of this that's pushing you to, you know, try reach that higher level. Try level you and your girlfriend's life up. Try take yourself to the next level and love that kind of hashtag more life. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But we all, we all have goals and big aspirations, but what, what's what's the driver for you, buddy? I think just getting up every day and loving what you do and knowing that you're going to make an impact in someone's life. As I've said, it might not be as many people as you want to right now, but you know what you focus on today? And are you impacting one person? That's great. Are you impacting 20? Brilliant. Um, and just the fact that I, I genuinely love my job and I want to grow this business like exponentially and I want the best for me Louise and uh, family and things like that I've always been driven I've always been like cliche but the hardest work in the room and I have just because I've just got that instilled in me and I've always got the work done I will stay up hours on end until till that work is done. Sometimes it's a bad thing because I can't switch off. That's probably say my downfall is I struggle with switching off from work. Like actually, right, that's it now. Now relax. If anyone's got any advice on that, send it my way because I'm still learning. That's one thing I'm learning. How do I actually relax and switch off? Um, but that's just how I've always been. I love my job. I love the fact I can help people. And I'm not going to stop Lewis until I'm at the top. And that's that. That's 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 some motivational stuff right there. And you touched on you don't know when to turn off sometimes. And I think I think in the fitness industry you can get so wrapped up in what you do in the day to day that those days because you do only look at them like, oh wake up, do again, go again, go again, next set, next client, next thing, you can almost run into that hamster wheel of just like I'll rest when I'm almost like I'll rest when I'm dead or I'll rest when I might be <laughs> <laughs> because like 
let, let's say your holidays, like before you, you said um, before, and I, I kind of know you used to go on a lot of holidays, maybe about four a year, two or three a year at least. Um, with obviously COVID happening right now, and you not having that chance to take maybe a two week off or a break or something to really let loose and just chill out for a bit. Obviously, you said you're going to you, you find yourself working day in and day out, but are you taking any time right now to find a wee bit of space for yourself, recover a wee bit, and and let that busy mind kind of chill out? No. Honestly, <laughs> <Not> um, <laughs> mate, like um, I am probably busier, just as busy. Maybe like I'm not ran off my feet in the gym with one-to-one clients, but I'm probably busier now with my glutes group going on, the fact that I'm constantly on my laptop, admin payments, and then putting out content, and then, oh God, I've got my actual own page as well as my glutes private page to post on. So I'm running two pages, which you know is not easy when managing one's a task. So to be honest with you, no, I'm, I'm very full on at the minute. But as I've said, once things, God knows when things will go back to normal, but when they do, my hours are going to be looked at and I've already like written down some plans for what's going to happen. And, um, yeah, I've, I've also started vlogging and this is like my first week just getting used to um, the camera and how to edit using a proper camera. And I'm, I've ventured into YouTube as another avenue. Don't know how that'll go, but again, I love learning. I've, I've told you that. And like, I just want to get good at things and if learning's all part of the process. So YouTube, Instagram, they're going to be my two, um, that I'm going to dive deep in so yeah that's great I think I think you starting YouTube will be a, an amazing thing to uh, again impact more people and let other people have a wee insight to what Ryan does on a daily basis because this is going to be an opportunity and a platform for you to kind of give that longer form content and you could do instead of just Instagram videos and stuff like 10 15 20 minute videos on proper glute specific training the science behind glutes and stuff like that and yeah. you could really go into a lot of in-depth detail about that and that's what's going to again overload that capacity about how much impact you can make across the board and again I only see that growing and you touched on as well you're only just starting YouTube and that's probably going to be a passion project for you isn't it it's it's something that's going to be like you know I'm at at this stage of my career what else can I add in but you you're probably going to enjoy that and and having that input to the cameras probably maybe for you might act as a bit of a break you know, you've just summed that up so well, Lewis. Like you've summed that up to a T. I'm not going to be making any money off YouTube, yeah. um, but I'm willing to put time into that and reduce hours elsewhere just because I enjoy it. This is probably my my scapegoat, as you've said, to to relax and mm-hmm. yeah, cameras in my face or whatever. But you know what? Like, there's a lot of avenue there for like doing good things, and people can get an insight into my life behind the scenes. Maybe new PTs are like what does he actually do? Do you know what I mean? How has he grown this business? What's his day-to-day look like? And it might be a wake-up call to some people to be like, shit, I'm not doing enough. Or some people maybe are just interested. Some people aren't. Do you know what? You can't please everyone, but I'm definitely going to enjoy it, enjoy the ride. And um, yeah. No, I think I think the YouTube, the kind of avenue you're going in with that will, will give exactly what you just said. It's going to allow other PTs to kind of maybe level up and have a look at what someday that is at your level is doing. The speed of how you work, the amount of content you put out, the consistency of the work and how high quality it is, that is what people maybe need to be like, well, maybe I do need to refresh my coaching sheets. Maybe I do need to start communicating with my clients more and maybe I should actually start niching and niching down and, and only talking to one audience instead of 
try to talk to every Tom, Dick and Harry and, and posting loads of random stuff on Instagram all the time about fat loss here and then FBX there. I don't know. These are just off the top of my head, but you kind of get what I mean. But you've, you've essentially built yourself up over the course of three years, let's say, in the fitness industry from handing out flyers in a town you had no idea about to now being fully booked, having all these extra services, having a massive grown glute page and being part of Scotland's leading transformation service online. So it's quite a big title you've made for yourself and brought to yourself for, let's say, personal trainers in the first like first year of their business or first year of their game. If there's a wee bit of advice you could say to them that's not just um, yeah. about Instagram, but more about their own personal development, what could you say to them? Right, so I actually had a uni student come to me and ask questions about this year studying sports coaching. Um, what I would say is you can do all the qualifications under the sun. Like people, PTs, up and coming PTs have messaged me a lot and said, what qualification do you recommend? None. Like get your, get your main qualifications, right? So that you're qualified to work with. Well, I've got my kettlebell level four. My, <laughs> <laughs> my TRX level seven. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like what you should be doing is learning client psychology and how to speak to people. Like people probably ask how my business has grown, but it's, it's because I can listen to people. I actually care what people talk to me about. And like when some of the girls come in the gym and they're telling me things, I listen and I actually care about them. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just yeah. I'm not taking money from them. It's not a session. I don't see it as just a session. It's a journey. It's a process. You need to learn how people work. And I think this is where it's hard. Maybe if a lot, a lot of people are coming straight from school into the industry. They've got no experience out in the field. Yeah, they might have a few hours on the gym floor. They might have massive biceps because they just bicep curl or whatever. But like you need to learn how to speak to people. And I think that probably comes through experience in jobs, working with doctors and nurses in a professional corporate job. And just, yeah, growing from there, having the degree, the background, which is kind of the knowledge there. But um, you need to learn to speak to people and more importantly, listen to people yeah i think so empathy is the strongest tool in the box um the for for me for what you're just saying kind of resonates with me massively and it's like you can't just have big biceps and you can't just you know do a couple hours in the gym floor you you do need to to be somebody that your client comes into and can connect with it's not just for a for a pt or a coach to be like right they've got 60 minutes i'm going to try absolutely kill them for 60 minutes take their money the next weekend it's it's a lot more to it than that and for pts out there the minute you start realizing it's like people sometimes don't want to come in and get beasted for 60 minutes they want to come in they want to feel reassured they want to know they're in the right capable hands and they want to be taken through something that's not going to annihilate them and leave them done in for the rest of the week they want to be stimulated they do want to feel a bit of a pump and a burn and know that they're working the muscles but at the end of the day they want to know that they're getting coached to a better life rather than just like you know, we're eight weeks, pay up front, do this, do that, and I'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Like, you're taking the right approach to it, and that's something a yeah. lot of uh, personal trainers and coaches, again, do need to maybe start doing. Because, again, you'll see yourself. Yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of really good coaches out there, but you can, you can see the ones that float to the top and the ones yeah. that are kind of sitting about and complaining and maybe slagging off other PTs and not liking or you know they're they're the ones that maybe need to level up their game to your to your level to make that same impact so that, yeah. that's that's amazing that you can touch on that and show people that 
just by putting in the work on that end is going to give you that result. I think, yeah, just, just even like coaching in general, coaching like, oh, I'm a good coach because I, I, I can teach someone how to RDL or whatever. It's not just about that. It's, yeah. can you listen to someone? I've had clients come in to me and literally all they wanted to do is talk. Obviously, I've had to tone it down so we get something done. But like, you've got to be there for support. Do you know what I mean? It's not just about like smashing, as you said, smashing someone through a workout. Can you support them? Are you in contact with them between the sessions? Like they want to know that you're there for them. You're not just a PT. I've been called a therapist before. Like it's mental. Like you just need to be a good listener. Coaching's not just about how to perform an exercise. It's about, can you listen to people? Yeah, that's that's huge. It's not just about blowing a whistle, pointing a finger. It's as you said, you've been called a therapist before. <clears throat> For people to put their trust in you to that extent, like I don't know if any if any point in your career, maybe at the start, the first couple of years, have you ever felt overwhelmed when somebody does hit you with with some news that's maybe a lot more than what you'd expect? Because in uh-huh. my experience, I've had a few, I've heard some mad stories before, and yeah, it's quite hard to take on, but we're the person they open up to over their husband sometimes or their wife. <laughs> we have to give the advice and they might be 20 years older than us or they might be a lot younger than us. And it's just, have you ever been in that position? Oh, like loads, Lewis. I've had um, people come to me with like um, grievances and things like that. And obviously that's te- terrible. You need to learn how to deal with that. I've had girls come in crying because they've had issues with boys and things like that and do you know what like you just need to learn how to deal with those situations start reading read books into how to interact with people and just get out there and and be yourself but understand you need to listen to people because they they vent a lot to you sometimes and if you're just like brushing that over your shoulder they don't want you anymore they're not going to be with you for long it's not going to be good for your business and no one likes someone who doesn't listen. Do you know what I mean? So be there for them, support them. Just, just um, take your time as well. So yeah, yeah. I think I think that's absolutely huge. That just get getting that kind of trust level with your clients is going to be probably the stepping stone for them to actually make the transformation. Because so a lot of girls, a lot of guys, anyone out there that is hiring a PT or a coach, it's quite intimidating. You know, it's quite intimidating coming up and. Going to Ryan Atkins, 16K followers, big business, a lot of really good-looking girls that he trains, a lot of amazing transformations. Sometimes they might compare themselves and be like, am I going to be able to do this? Like, I might have a lot more weight to lose than them. Am I going to suit the the criteria kind of thing? Have you ever had anyone who's been very nervous to come meet you for the first time? I've had both ends of this spectrum where I've been like, girls have come in so confident and blew me back. I've been like, what the hell? Uh, one of my clients now, actually, I remember the first time I met her, I was like, she is so confident. Uh, but I have had very timid people come meet me who maybe not made much eye contact and things like that. So you need to learn how to speak to people in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've had both both types of people um, mm-hmm. come for consultations, yeah. Have you noticed that with those people that are maybe a bit less confident that you've been able to bring them up to a higher level, a higher state of confidence over the course of the coaching journey? Have you noticed that? Massively. It's not just about a physical transformation, is it, Lewis? So we can put all the progress photos out there, but do you know what? The better progress is mentally. and There's no real way of putting that. Maybe that's why we always put screenshots out there about how people are feeling. Um, 
on our Instagram and things like that to show that people are having these mental transformations too. Um, but yeah, definitely it's, it's not just the physical transformation that we always see. No, you're completely, I mean, you're completely right because even probably in your, your transformation from somebody who was just, you know, doing PE at school to, to picking up their first weight, did you notice in your own self the confidence grow? The kind of uh, that mental fortitude and that ability to know that if you try and stick to something for a long time, you will get the result. Did you did you have any experience with that as well? Massively. There's no better feeling really than um, than that transformation of just learning and seeing people, seeing new clients come to me with very minimal exercise experience, seeing the journey they've been on, the weight they lose. Um, how much more confident they are and they're trying on new clothes and the clothes are fitting differently. The messaging me saying, Oh my God, I've dropped two dress sizes or whatever. And de- these haven't fit me for two years. Like there's no better feeling for me, but it's more satisfying knowing that they're happy because my goal is to make other people happy. And if mm-hmm. I'm happy as well as part of the process, great. But more importantly, as long as they're happy and satisfied, yeah. doing a good job. Yeah. The kind of the kind of, the quote that comes to my head there is you have to be selfish to be selfless. Yeah. When I hear when I hear something like that, and you've kind of what you've done, Ryan, is you've built an amazing business around something that you care about. Like you get, you could call that selfish. Like you're making a lot of money, you're building an amazing business, you're impacting loads of people, but at the same time, you're giving up your time, your energy, you're putting so much into over. To so many people, you're giving your you're giving your energy to so many people, and that's that's what's making an impact. You're putting putting them first over you, and that's got that return. You know, you weren't probably at the start. You probably weren't looking for much in return, but now you look at it every day. People are waking up and messaging you saying you're making that impact and changing their life for the better. And over time, that's going to help your own confidence and your own kind of self belief grow to build businesses and build uh, kind of stronger systems to help again make more impact the main point of this whole conversation that we're talking about here so it's been it's been an absolute an absolute pleasure meeting you and seeing your growth of your business and how well you've impacted so many people by niching down and to the listeners here before we wrap up and get on to the kind of final fun questions um anything that you've took from this podcast today that Ryan has said that it's, it kind of comes down to consistency, hard work, finding something you love and just not giving up and not really caring about what anyone else has to say about you. And that's what's yeah. going to separate you from where you're at now to where you could potentially be if you do believe in yourself. So I think, Ryan, you've, you've done really well today and just kind of give everyone, everyone a wee backdrop on where you've been, what you're going to be doing and how, how much you've progressed in your time over the last couple of years. But before we finish up, I just want to talk about something a little bit different than fitness, training, um, stuff like that. And I want to talk a little bit about traveling. And I know you've done a little bit of traveling in your past, around maybe Southeast Asia, um, Australia, things like that. Is there any fun stories or any wee, you know, things you can talk about from your past travel experiences that have helped you develop, one, as a person, but two, just want to maybe take that opportunity into building a better life for yourself? Yeah, I was pissed for a lot of it, so I don't remember every every bit. But um, in terms of how traveling actually helped me, it opens your eyes. It gets you in a place where you're like, oh my God, people live like this. And seeing like, for example, I remember in Thailand, you see them up at like 5 a.m. and what they're making and they're there till 
blooming midnight the next day and you're just like, we've got it so good. Like, do not complain about your life. Get up and get something done because you're in a country that you can deliver and help other people. Like, there's people out there and that was the biggest shock in Southeast Asia was there's people out there grafting their asses off for very minimal return and that's just how they live. And they're so happy. They're so oh, happy. Really? I've never seen a Thai, a Thai person without a smile. Nah, they're so happy in Cambodia as well. They were like, well, more recently, obviously happier, but they're just so happy. And um, yeah, like don't ever moan about your life. I think that's what I learned from that. Like it was great to get out there and meet new people and things like that, but actually to be around different cultures and um, experience that and just learn different ways of living um, shows us like gratitude. You've got to be grateful for what you've got because we've got a lot here. Yeah. So make the most of it. So much more like over in those countries, they probably have the poorest running water, the the food they eat is very low quality, the the sleeping and stuff like you'd oh. be walking down like you like like there's like ten of them sharing like single beds and there's they're all packed in and they're cooking in the same room and that's a shop yeah. as well, that's their business. And it's like they have literally a third of anything of what we have but yet all of them are working every day they're all healthy they're all none of them are like obese they're all working away they're actually smiling and every one of them wants to help you and that's and that's very cool that's what i really like about thailand cambodia and stuff like that as well when i've been it's um yeah everyone's just so happy and chilled out obviously the sun has something to do with that but (laughs) at the same time you know you're completely right man you're completely right not to take anything for granted because the life we do have now and the life people do live in the uk it's it's really good we we do live in one of the best countries in the world to have a a good life in and from you how many years was it you you kind of traveled for um no i went traveling for six months and what year was it oh god so i worked in I moved up here, worked in retail for a bit, saved up a bit of money in various retail jobs. And then we just went away, came back, then got my job in clinical research. Um, so can't remember what year it was, but we went for six months. We did six weeks in Australia and then the rest was Southeast Asia. And I would recommend it to anyone. Like it is the most, the best thing you'll ever do if, you, if you're young and like I'd do it again. Obviously it'd be hard with everything, like business and stuff, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah like I recommend it to everyone get out there and travel see some places experience new things Um, you're not limited just to stay in one place for your whole life do you know what I mean yeah yeah I think um, you you've hit the nail on the head there and gave your you kind of got out of your system when it was the right thing to do it and now that's probably why you're in a stage where you can be so productive I think so many people like get wound up and like I'll work this hard for this bit of time and then I'll go on holiday. Whereas if you can go and when you do have the time and the resources, if you do have a couple of K in the bank and you can escape when you're between, let's say, 18 and 25, go for it. Absolutely, absolutely blast it. Experience new things, try new things, meet new people. And then when you come back and you're like, you have your thoughts straight, you're like, I've done that. Because I'm not jealous of thing you see traveling right now. I've done that. No, exactly. You see that box, man. Exactly. You see, like, I see photos sometimes on Instagram of people at amazing holidays. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I've traveled and like these, yeah, it's nice to have amazing hotels and that. And don't get me wrong, I will be going to some. Um, but like, we've traveled, you know what I mean? There's no better feeling than that. And like, 
as I said, just it was getting it out of my system. In 2013, which is where I actually met Louise, um, I worked in Ayanapa for 10 weeks as well. Oh, yeah. so it was just one big piss up, basically finished my freshers year at uni, just carried on the party, mate. So 10 weeks in Ayanapa, that was that out of my system. And uh, went back to uni, finished that, and then obviously travel were a bit later. But just get it out of your system, get it done. You're young, like enjoy it, and you'll, you'll never look back. You'll never compare to other people's lives when you've already been and done amazing things. Do you know what I mean? So get it done if you can. No, definitely. And that kind of like you done all your your boozing and partying and stuff like that when you were that age. Does that now, when you look back at it, kind of reassure you that you don't need to if you miss a night out with your mates in the pub it's not the end of the world like a lot of people freak out when they're like oh i missed another weekend going to the same bar the same town with the same pub or whatever like i do not like like yeah. that to be honest I'm, I, I think because i went to i because i did that i think i got it out my system early and for me like i enjoy a spontaneous night out but i've never since then been like a let's go to a pub every weekend I'm just not that person anymore and more so the fact the impact it has on my productiveness the next day on my job and if I don't get enough done that makes me stressed so yeah that sounds boring but I do still go out I still do love a party now and then do you know what I mean but I'm not a regular like pub every weekend guy getting out of my face because I know the impact it has on my business and my business is what I love so exactly exactly when when the kind of return from what you love is higher than what going out on a night out, the way you feel on a night out, and yeah, you might have a couple of laughs and you you may share some good memories and do some stupid stuff, but you wake up the next day and you're done. Whereas you could work for a whole week, nail your sleep, nail your training and, and do something you love and feel so much better for that and have all the returns in the world. I think a lot of people do still continue to do that because they're maybe unhappy with their job and they need that release. Yeah. For you, that's your endorphin. Your work is something that is the thing that puts a smile on your face. So I think that's probably a good one to end on and just say to people that, you know, find your passion. Find your passion. Do something you love and pre pretty much everyone else around your life will fall into place, I guess. Because for you, it's kind of it's done all right, man. It's done all right. Definitely. Definitely follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. I know that's cliche, but... Yes, I work very long hours, but I'm not working because I enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's a good quote to end on, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm not working. I'm enjoying the process. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that, Lewis. It's been great to have me on. And I hope, whether it's new PTs or whether it's just people in, in general, this is not just related to PTs. This can relate to anyone. Follow your passion and um, go after it. Just go after it and get it done. Don't stop till you get there and don't let anyone else tell you that you can't get there because you will. You just got to keep going long enough. That's why people fail. They, they quit after, with a transformation, you'll know, they quit after eight weeks when actually they were ready to get results in 12. They've just missed out on those mm. crucial four weeks because they think, I have not quite got there. Stupid. I know. It's like when you're mining for a diamond and you turn away just that meter before you were about to strike the, the gold or the diamond and then the other guy keeps picking on. I've seen that we yeah. that wee all over the place, but... Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. You've touched on a lot of amazing points and you've you've motivated me. I can feel the tingles a wee bit, like just talking. <laughs> you get, I get pure hyped up. It's great. And um, you've shown you've shown the listeners today what just, you know, changing your career, doing something that you can actually focus on and build upon is going to be more beneficial for you. Not saying to anyone out there that is in a job that they don't like, they have to go quit it now and, you know, become a, a skydiver or whatever just because they like the idea of that. But... Yeah. you know find your passion 
enjoy your life and make progress on areas you can. But again, Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. If you have any plugs, anything you want to plug right now, get it on, show the listeners where they can find you, Instagram, what have you. So yeah, Instagram at Atkin Coaching. Um, and that's pretty much me, to be honest. Facebook, I'm pretty quiet on there. So I would go Instagram at Atkin Coaching, and that's me. And YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to my new YouTube, Atkin Coaching. That would be really helpful. Thank yeah. you. So everyone, get over, get following, get liking, and get engaged with Ryan. There's a lot to learn from his page and channel, and I'm pretty sure his YouTube that will be popping in the next couple of weeks will have a lot of awesome content on it. So, yep, thank you all very much for listening, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure once again for the LMC podcast, and I will see you in the next one. Peace.